All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a fresh week of Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, where I hope everybody had a good weekend. As always, the show is brought to you by Batano 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. The game starts now at Batano.ca. Frank Saravalli, how was your weekend? It was pretty quiet for a change. Minor hockey's over, no trades, just getting ready for trade deadline season, 11 days away. Man, 24 days between trades since February 2nd. That was the last deal of significance. Sean Monahan going to Winnipeg. It's been a while. It has been a long time. I'd love to know the last time when in the weeks leading up to the deadline or the month and a half leading up to the deadline, we went 24 straight days without even... I mean, I guess we had the one minor trade with Bemstrom, but nothing of significance around the NHL. Hopefully that changes this week and we get some big stories to talk about. But speaking of big stories, that's what went down in Chicago last night for a handful of reasons. Really, Frank, it was Chris Chelios Jersey retirement night in Chicago. So all the stars were out. Some of the Blackhawks who were a part of that, call it modern dynasty, were in attendance. Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, everybody was there. Kid Rock. It was, pardon? Kid Rock, Chris Chelios, he's got famous friends everywhere. Kid Rock was there. Amazing uh, group of friends. It was also Patrick Kane's return to Chicago for the first time since being traded at last year's deadline. And of course, the night had to end in perfect Showtime fashion. Let's take a listen. Jones, right in, saved by him, a rebound save. Look out here. Look at this. Wide Look at this. Oh, my God. Kane with the 
uh, showtime. As you can see, Patrick Kane mouthing to the crowd, Frank. The script was perfectly written last night in Chicago. During his speech, Chris Chelios crowned Patrick Kane as the best American-born player of all time. Kind of hard to argue with that, although Paul Paduti had a great story on dailyfaceoff.com last week saying that it's actually Chelios by the numbers. Nonetheless, there have been some incredibly special moments for Patrick Kane on that ice, usually for the Blackhawks franchise, and for him in that return on the day that he gets that incredible ovation during the TV timeout. I mean, look, it was six minutes, it felt like, of pure standing ovation to the point where he had to take three different laps around the ice to salute the fans. I mean, for him to be the guy with the puck on his stick after that desperation heave by the defenseman, just shoveling it out of the zone and onto Kane's stick for the breakaway. As soon as that happened, you knew that there was zero, zero doubt that Kane would be scoring. Yeah, Peter Morazic, largely irrelevant there. You could have had prime Dominic Hasek between the pipes and Patrick Kane. He would have found a way to finish that one off. So a great night in Chicago. And for Kane, listen, Frank, I don't, we don't even need to get into it too much because this is the same conversation we had at the end of last week when Patrick Kane scored an OT winner, kept his point streak alive, and we sat here and went, by at that point, it was, whoa, he's up to a point a game now. Now he's above a point per game. Like, this is vintage Patrick Kane, and I don't think he's going to slow down anytime soon. This isn't a heater. This is who he really is. 28 points in 27 games. Looks like he's getting stronger. That's an 85-point pace over a full season. And we talked about this today on the DFO Rundown with Jason Greger. Of all the players who could have the puck on their stick in a, in a clutch overtime situation like that late in a Stanley Cup playoff game, how many guys do you feel more confident that they're going to find a way to score than Kane? I'd suggest that you could count on single one hand, but even then I'm not sure that I'd pick anyone else ahead of Patrick Kane. And that's right now. That's not history. That's not vintage. This is Patrick Kane in the here and now. That'd be one guy I'd want on my team. And there's a big reason why the Detroit Red Wings are a playoff team. Yeah, he's a massive reason why uh, Patrick Kane. What a night in Chicago. Another big story from over the weekend. Nikita Kucherov keeping it 100, hitting the 100-point mark, the first player this year to do so. He's six points clear of Nathan McKinnon for the scoring lead in the NHL. But perhaps what's even more impressive, Frank, is the fact that Nikita Kucherov is 40 points clear of his next teammate in Braden Point. Like, that is absolutely insane. When you look at where the Bolts are, in this playoff race and the production they've gotten consistently from Kucherov. I, I saw a stat the other day on Twitter. He has more three-point performances or just as many three-point performances as he does games with no points. Like the fact that he's been elite plus plus in more games than he's been a zero is mind-blowing. The season he's having at his age as well is, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, one of the fastest players age 30 or over to hit 100 points, just 59 games, as you mentioned. And it's not just that he's lapping Braden Point. It's also that Braden Point is no schmo. I mean, Braden Point is north of a point per game himself, and he's a 50-goal scorer last year. He's already got 30 and 32 for 62 points in 60 games. A good season by any stretch. So we're talking about Nikita Kucherov and where he stacks up in the Hart Trophy race. To me, he has to be right near the very top in terms of what my ballot would look like right now. And I know that I made a really passionate case for Connor Hellebuck and getting votes last week when we talked about the Hart Trophy. 
But for me, it's not just that he's 40 points clear of Braden Point. It's also just how much he's factored into every single thing it feels like that the Tampa Bay Lightning are doing. 102 points. The Lightning have scored 206 goals total. That's 49.5%. We'll call it 50% of their goals have touched Nikita Kucherov's stick as one of the two players before it hits the back of the net. I mean, that's an incredible run. And I think someone that um, is certainly deserving of consideration, not to say that there's not other good players having strong years on that team, but with where they're at and trying to, you know, close in on that playoff spot. I think that's certainly uh, right at the top of the list. I don't really remember the last time we had a heart trophy race that felt this tight coming down to the end of the year. Like last season, it felt like Connor McDavid had it on lock by this point. As you look at our friends at Patano, they have the latest odds up over in their site. Matthews is the leader at plus 150, followed by Kudrov and McKinnon tied for second. McDavid still, I guess, in the mix at four to one as well. Although I, I would say his odds are maybe a little bit worse than four to one at this point. Frank, do you think this is an accurate power ranking of, uh, of the top four? I do not. Never in the NHL's history has the Hart Trophy winner been second on his team in scoring as Austin Matthews is right now. I mean, it's, and I'm not taking anything away from what is another magical season. He's on track for north of 70 goals. That's an incredible number. But Kucherov is deserving of consideration. McKinnon certainly as well. And I would, as mentioned, I would add in Connor Hellebuck. The fact that he is 44 to one plus 4,400, according to Batano, that doesn't seem right to me, given that this is his best season, I think, of his career by far. When you look at both the normal statistics and also all of the underlying number, goals saved above expected, all those things have been so incredibly impactful. And that Winnipeg team, when you go a third of the season, nearly half the season on a streak where you have two goals or less allowed, I mean, a lot of that comes down to your goaltending. Yeah, and you make good points on that as well. You and Gregor have had good debates about that in the past. You mentioned Hellebuck 44 to 1, Sidney Crosby almost 100 to 1 over on Batano. Maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins can drag themselves back into the race and Crosby creates this unbelievable heart trophy storyline. I don't know. Unlike I mean, days like Sunday will help. A four-point effort against the Flyers, you need to beat the teams right in front of you for Pittsburgh, for New Jersey, for all those teams that are trying to get into that last spot. It might not come from the Atlantic Division. You might have to drag down the Flyers, and that's why Sunday's win for the Pens, as you know, sort of scary as it was at times, um, Crosby's right there. Yeah. Uh, right now, though, the talk around the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's all about Jake Gensel. And I know he's not even in the lineup, but of course, like you said, Frank, inching closer to deadline season here. And Jake Gensel's name was rocketing up your board last week. You get a peak here, point per game, just north of point per game production from Gensel to, so, to this point so far. He's a proven playoff performer as well. It makes sense why a lot of contending teams would want to get their hands on this guy pending UFA. You have our deadline countdown series up today at dailyfaceoff.com, and it's all about the Penguins winger. You listed a handful of teams that you think will be in the mix here. The Hurricanes, the Avs, the Oilers, the Rangers, the Golden Knights. I'm sure there's even more who are going to be calling the Pittsburgh Penguins in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, but which one of these five do you maybe think is the most intriguing fit for Gensel? 
just from a pure, pure fit perspective, to me, it's the Carolina Hurricanes. Like, what have we talked about the last number of years? They're missing the true difference maker, the finisher, the guy that could put that team over the top. Why can't what Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby are together, why can't that be Gensel and Sebastian Ajo? I know two different players, but um, I think in terms of what that impact could look like, having a running mate, and for a Canes team that, potentially has the ability to re-sign him given the shuffle that they're going to have in their lineup. Tavo Teravainen's up at the end of this season. Same thing with Brett Pesci and Brady Shea. That to me, just they've also got the capital. They've got the assets. They've, they haven't been a team that swung big in the past. They tried to get Timo Meyer. Why not north of a point per game guy and Jake Gensel, who I kind of made the point in the story is these guys are so rarely available. It's, you're talking like once every five years, more or less, is basically what we're looking at in terms of the number of point-per-game guys that have been traded over the last 10, 15 years. It doesn't happen often. They don't normally make it available. Typically, point-per-game guys are playing on playoff-bound teams, for one, and two, they're typically signed to long-term extensions. So that's the other part about this, though, for Pittsburgh is when you look historically at the market, when these guys have moved, Matt Duchesne going from Ottawa to Columbus, the Bo Horvat deal last year, who just kind of had one exceptional year as opposed to being a true point-per-game guy over his career, the return is kind of underwhelming relative to what some of the lesser rentals go for. And that's really kind of one of the perplexing things of the NHL's trade market is that there isn't much more of a significant premium placed on adding such a big impact player like Gensel. Yeah. Another interesting part with Gensel, like you think back to when Claude Giroux got moved, right? It was at that time, a massive deal, right? But full no movement clause, Frank, he controlled where he went. And I know they still ended up getting a good return for him, but you look at Gensel, a 12 team, no trade list. I mean, I'm not sure when it's submitted or whatever, but the Penguins have a chance to set themselves up for an actual bidding war here. So that could help them as well. in the return, the fact that, it's not Gensel sitting there going, eh, I only want to go to Carolina. Right, and I think the other part of it is that, is he a pure rental? Is this team that acquires him, are they trying to sign him? Why haven't there been extension talks with the Penguins to this point? Um, what is his thought process in terms of where he'd like to land? I think those are all really intriguing questions that we don't have the answer to yet. All right, we're going to talk with John Goins in just a bit about the New York Rangers and their remarkable run since the All-Star break. But another remarkable run, Frank. It's from Ragin' Rempy. He just can't be stopped. What was the nickname you gave on the DFO rundown? The Rempire State Building. That is, that is top-tier stuff. It's so good. It's like Lynn Sanity, except he's fighting, not shooting threes in New York. Uh, they are in love with this guy. And for good reason, Frank, he's becoming a fan favorite because... Well, we're five games into his career and his penalty minutes is higher than his total time on ice in those five games. And hey, he's got a goal as well. He's finding a way. That's a pretty good goals for 60, Frank. One goal in 20 minutes of time Game on winner, ice. by the way. Yeah, but you look over the weekend, he challenged Delorier, then had to do it again against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I love it. I love the story to this point. But I also think there comes a point where maybe Peter Laviolette or someone in that Rangers room has to go, hey, you don't you don't have to fight everybody who asks you. Well, that was one of the really interesting things that, um, you know, looking back on 
the game against Columbus as the New York Rangers uh, win streak was halted at 10. Matthew Olivier was the guy trying to pump up the Blue Jackets. And when he asked um, Rempe, apparently before the game, according to uh, reporting from Aaron Portsline, obviously everyone's seen the splash that Rempe's made in the league by running everyone over at the stadium series, handling himself uh, against the New Jersey Devils again. Then Nick Delorier, he he said to him like, "Hey, you don't you don't have to go. Like it's not it's not the end all be all." And he was like, "No, I'm fine." And they did scrap. And I'm with you. I think at a certain point, you know, that probably needs to quiet down. But I get it from his perspective. He's trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to establish himself as a bona fide NHL player. Um, and he's got a lot to play for. Um, and so I, I understand the position that he's in where he feels like he needs to answer the bell. But I also love it from a New York Rangers perspective because it feels like they're certainly rallying around that. And the vibes have been pretty immaculate in New York. Yeah, he's giving them in a weird way, like this kind of identity. You can tell like the group is rallying around it. So it's been an unreal story in New York. And yeah, when the results are coming, it also makes the story a little bit more fun to follow as well. So let's dig into those results a little bit more and get to the coach's room with John Goyans. The coach's room, as always, delivered by DoorDash, 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Restaurants, groceries, and more delivered right to your door with DoorDash. John Goyans, our coaching analyst. You can find him on TSN 690 as well, doing Habs and Rocket games. John, we had you on, we'll call it six or a week, about six weeks ago, yeah? And you called the New York Rangers juggernauts. Well, what's changed since then for the Rangers? <laughs> Oh, you're muted, John. Oh, maybe. I mean, I can start the answer a little bit. What's happened wow, for the Rangers? That a, that's a fine. That's a fine. I apologize. It's going in the cookie jar for the uh, postseason uh, team party here. That is definitely a fine. Uh, Frank will send me what the rates are later. Um, I definitely did say, or are they juggernauts? I wasn't ready to anoint them a juggernaut yet, I will say that, but uh, we could debate. Uh, I, I did re-listen to that episode, um, but I'm good. I'm, I'm good on being, you know, partially proven wrong here. Uh, there are areas, though, that are um, old, haven't really improved yet. Rush defense hasn't improved yet, um, and there's certain elements of their neutral zone that have gotten better, and we'll break that down during this episode. Um but one area, and we're not even actually going to dive into it because I'm going to remain on the positive side of the ledger here, is that their power play since January 8th, when we did that episode, is 16.7%, which has them about 24th in the league. And even since the All-Star break where they're 9-1, and one, just coming off a 10-game winning streak, their power play is 14.7%, which has them 26th. Everything else seems to be trending in the right direction. Okay, so let's talk about that neutral zone because you pointed out about six weeks ago that their pretty strict 1-3-1 had some holes in it. So walk us through the tape and, and show us what you see. Has it changed? Is it different? Is it better? It's, it's more connected, to be honest. It's just more connected, especially off of line changes. Off of line changes, 
and and this is a team that we'll cover in the offseason. One thing Jacques Martin did for the Ottawa Senators, line changes. And what you do when you jump on the ice is so hugely important. you got to know where your spot is. And the Rangers with their 1-3-1, especially on line changes, especially in second period situations, especially when you are late on the forecheck, it's going to happen. That's when you cannot be disjointed and just chase and, you know, oh, look where the puck's going and, and be puck focused. You've got to establish a really good posture. And that area has improved exponentially. It's more consistent. And they're forcing teams to start to dump pucks in at a higher rate. And they are recovering those pucks, which a 131 is is known for doing with an exit leading to an exit out of their zone. So that area has improved, but I just wanted to fire up here about five or six clips that shows what it's also doing for their transition game. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So here they're sitting. Bang, here's a clear 131. What do they what do they need to do? They need a stop. They need to steal pucks. Boom. Steal it. Keandre Miller places it. You got your place in chase. Panarin's got to get off, but you get to see once the guy steps on, he knows that's going to be his lane. Right? And it's a 131. Now they force them to regroup and look how they're patient and they fall back into a tight 131, recover and steal that puck again. Here when in doubt, when you do get disjointed or disconnected, you got to reload, get above pucks, and you've got to recover pucks, and that's what Shesterkin does for them here. Now you've got this relentless pursuit by Panarin. Now everybody else has to get into their spots. They get into their spots, and it creates an opportunity to send pucks deep and reload that forecheck. And the less that they've got to do – you know, try to make plays where they're giving up odd man rushes and they could be more connected in the neutral zone. I see it as an area that is more consistent. It's still not at the level it needs to be, but it is trending in the right direction. 
So we talked a lot about their goaltending too, and it's been a storyline all season long. Jonathan Quick, it seemed like for a week in time, was the guy. But Shesterkin has really turned his game around of late. What are you seeing that's different from him uh, after that week spent with Benoit Allaire? Yeah, and you know, I, I was very complimentary in Jonathan Quick and the fact that between he and Louis Domingue, they had totaled 10 wins at that time, 10 out of 38 games played at that time of the year, which equaled the amount of wins Halak had won in his backup role. And now all of a sudden, I say all of a sudden, Shesterkin's always had it, but now he's playing like the man. And I think there's elements of his tracking, how well he's doing during chaotic moments at the net and making multiple saves, and how he recovers off of saves. And Jonathan Quick is just the steady Eddie number two right now. And this tandem got to be the best tandem in the Eastern Conference by far, if not the NHL. The Bruins don't like you saying that. Pardon? I said the Bruins don't like you saying that. Well, right now, the consistency of these two will be pushing the Bruins tandem for that number one kind of uh, spot when it comes to a 1A, 1A, 1B, 1A, or a 1 and a 2. But as we're going to see with some of these saves, it's not just the number of saves, but it's at the certain key moments when it's a certain score or PK or whatever the case may be. So here it's, you know, they get driven back, but it's, it's how he's tracking. You can see his eyes on the puck. Here's a two on O shorthanded break, hold the lead third period under 10 minutes to go. You're up by one. Fine. Boom. Easy save up back on his feet. And you can see that heads always tracking, always tracking. Hell of a move by Heiskanen. Sick move. Boom. That's a tap in, isn't it? This one, I had to go to the replay. Are you kidding me, ref? Right? Are you kidding me? Watch the reaction. He gets two saves in tight. Even Tyler Sagan is looking up at the Jumbotron going, are you joking? And Shesterkin is just going to go to the water. You see the fans are pointing up at the Jumbotron. And look at this paddle save. Puck comes loose again, and he covers it up like he does this every day. Little tap over. Bang, blocker save. It's how quickly he's recovering to his feet, how quickly he gets his chest up instead of his chest down, and he's square. And then when you get opportunities to put in Jonathan Quick, he's to task. Their awareness, he's pointing, he's aware, he's sharp. When your D-man gets dangled by potentially the Hart Trophy winner, you've got to back him up, and that's another key moment. And it's the consistency at which these two goalies are – not necessarily bailing them out, but at, at times they are bailing them out in, in key, key moments when the game is tight. So let's go to the other end of the ice now and talk a little bit about this offensive outburst that the Rangers have seen as of late. What's led to the uptick in scoring for them? Depth. I mean, I think uh, everybody was hoping Hedl would come back soon. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Everybody was waiting to see what Kako would do when he got back. Well, he's put up about eight points in his last 10 games. We're, you know... There's someone on this on this nation that just is a huge Laferriere fan, and he thinks he could potentially be a 100-point guy at some point. But it's the depth of scoring. In their last 10 games, they've got 13 goal scores. 13 goal scores spread out across the lineup, and that's with Blake Wheeler being out. Hedl not even in the lineup. 
You got 13 goal scorers. How do you do that? Well, you've got to have a diversification in how you create offense. And one element that always lends itself, especially with the elements that they have, is quick ups, quick ups. Even if you don't score on the quick up, it's how quickly you recover. And then you get the motion of five guys moving. And then you got a quick strike within the zone. So let's fire up those clips. And when in doubt, why not have Shesterkin just sauce one up the ice versus a bad line change, creates a two-on-one, bang, Chris Kreider buries it. You cannot be sleeping. You've got to have better line changes. Lindgren, great one-touch, kind of quick up, no stick handle, little crisscross, and that creates space, right? Boom, who's going right down the middle? Lafariere, a little chip in the middle. And why not? Johnny Lazarus, that's for you, right? That one was for you. Get up the ice, but you got to get the puck back. So tracking, 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 great tracking will catch teams going four men up the ice. You get up the ice, Kako gets it to the net, and you get a tap in by Cooley. When in doubt, a guy loses his blade, so what? Adam Fox comes in, silky move, uses that Harvard degree again to find the angles and slides it right over to Chris Kreider. It's the depth. They're just moving pucks. Everybody's getting involved. Again, Kako, more of a shot-first mentality. Skating pucks in deeper, get a tap in again. Through the neutral zone, good posture. These are call-ups. Edstrom, Rampy, and all of a sudden Edstrom's going to go. Rampy's going to drive, and you bank it off a skate, and it goes back in. And that, again, lends itself to depth. Rampy, again, net presence. Yes, he hasn't played much but I've covered him in the American Hockey League. He knows who he is and he knows what he has to do. Big body, get to the net. There's no chance the goalie's going to see that puck. And when in doubt, get that puck moving, get five guys involved. And if you sleep and you've got Fox on the ice, he's going to make you pay. You cannot have that kind of posture if, if Adam Fox is on the ice. And last but not least, similar to the quick ups, is keep the play moving. Don't overhandle. Don't dust it off bang in the back of the net. And that's why the Rangers have become way more effective offensively. And last but not least, win the net front battles. And that's what you see right here on this tap-in off of a one face-off. So depth up and down the lineup has been very prevalent in their way of scoring. Fantastic insight as always. You can find them on Twitter at Gourmet underscore Hockey. Thanks for doing this, John. Thanks, guys. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskBFO, and it's brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Their spring cabins are opening up soon, but oh boy, if you're if you're in the Alberta region, you know it's a long way from spring. We got like two and a half feet of snow over the last couple of days, so maybe it's skiing weather, fresh powder out in Jasper. Frank, before we get to our question, news out of Colorado. Yeah, Valeri Nachushkin has been cleared by the NHL's player assistance program to resume practicing. He's not yet eligible to return to game action action i'm assuming that will happen soon but he's entered quote the follow-up care phase of the player assistance program and his care continues to be administered pursuant to that program so uh big news for the abs that natrushkin is on the verge it seems of returning now if they could just get gabriel landiscog back sometime in may it might change just the aspect of their deadline in terms of timing all this out. I had mentioned someone like Jake Gensel as a possibility for Colorado because 
that lineup does get really thin in a hurry. But if you have Nachushkin and uh, Landis Cog, well, all of a sudden, then you could probably focus on that center position, which we know needs a bit of an upgrade. I want to throw you one listener question. You can hit it quick. Shake and bake 91, your thoughts on the Flames potentially making a playoff push. I think there's maybe a chance that they could have their cake and eat it too. They could trade away their pending UFAs. And if they keep Jacob Markstrom, he's played well enough to seemingly be able to carry them into the postseason. Why not the Flames? I mean, it's a straight up pillow fight for that eighth seed in the Western Conference. The Preds are there now. They've created a little bit of gap, but they've played more games than everyone else. I think the Wild are strongly, you know, considered for that eighth spot as well. And they should be with how well they've played over the last couple of weeks. But I wouldn't be ready to count out the Flames to do something like what Nashville almost pulled off last year as well, trading away all those guys and Sorrow still almost dragging them in. Interesting playoff race coming together out west. Let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. The 2023 EGR brand of the year. The game starts now at Botano. Two plays for tonight. They both come from the same hockey game. I love the Ottawa Senators as road dogs in, or sorry, is yeah, road dogs in, uh, or road favorites in Washington. Boy, I'm stumbling. Uh, but I like the Sens tonight in Washington. Frank, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. The Caps only have four wins in their last 10. This line's honestly a little bit closer than I thought it would be, even though the Sens haven't been a great road bet this year. They're clearly playing better hockey than they have all season, so I have no problem riding with them tonight. Also, Shane Pinto's shot prop is set at 2.5. And paying plus money, even though in his last five games, he's hit this mark four times and has 18 total shots in that span. So he is crushing this number as of late. No problem riding with Pinto and the Sens tonight as they head to Washington. And road dogs better than raw dogs. So that's good. Let's wrap up the show with garbage time. Brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off survivor pool. <laughs> it's right. I Wendy's. I get your picks in today <laughs> over at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Frank, uh, what do you like out of this list? Uh, I'm undecided. I think I'm going to go with a Dallas win over the Islanders. Ride with the people here, but the McDavid over one and a half points feels pretty juicy too. I don't hate Ottawa to pick up a power play point. Connor McDavid, even though the Oilers have been losing, has still been racking up over a point and a half in a lot of games. Garbage time today, Frank. A story we talked about a couple of weeks ago. This unopened box of 1979 Opeachy hockey cards. It ended up going on auction and getting more than they projected. $3.72 million is what someone paid for the sealed up unopened case of these cards that has who knows how many Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in there, and presumably they would be in perfect condition. So uh, we talked about betting in Botano. This is a hell of a gamble to take. 3.72 schmilly on a case of hockey cards. That's something. So what would an uh, open, perfect Wayne Gretzky rookie card go for? Oh, I mean, you're you're talking in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, I think, if you get it graded up really, really well. So as long as... Better be more than that. It it is when you do the math, it makes you think 3.72 million. It makes you think that whoever bought this is buying it to keep it sealed up for another 10 years and is hoping it'll go for more in 10 years. I I don't know if you end up recouping that money just off the Wayne Gretzky rookie cards in it alone. So the craziest part about this whole card game, which I'm not really that into, but I'm just kind of grasping is. The actual winning bid was $3.1 million, and they have to pay another $600,000 just to the auction house 
as a buyer's premium. Six, that's a, that's a whole house going to the auction house. Yeah, that is crazy. And another part that's interesting about this is there is a similar kind of phenomenon, whatever you want to call it, with Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, where those un, their sealed boxes of their rookie card years end up just skyrocketing in value immediately. Like when you selling look at the, them off one by one, maybe is that another play? You could do one by one in this case, yeah. But I mean, Connor Bedard's a rookie classes this year. I know Upper Deck Series Two will be where his young gun lives. You just go buy $10,000 worth of unopened boxes and put them up in a closet for 10 years. And what are they worth at that point if Connor Bedard's on his way to a Hall of Fame career, you know? Our producer, Gavin Turnick, says that a PSA-graded 10 Wayne Gretzky rookie um, card goes for 1.3 mil. So It's hard to get a perfect 10. Yeah, even. but you're you're hoping to get, what, four or five of those in those boxes? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's a lot. Either way, it's an interesting investment. Yeah. Good info there from Gavin as well. That's a wrap on our first show of the week. Hopefully a busy one with deadline day coming. A reminder on deadline day next Friday, we will be going live for a full four hours right here on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. We'll have more info on that a little bit later on this week as well. Big shout out to John Goins, our producer Gavin and Pat Puff on the graphics. Frank and I'll be back tomorrow noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Oh, 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 oh,
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.